Welcome to the Revolution Church Podcast. Before we begin, we'd like to remind you that our ministry is supported 100% by listeners like you. To make your 100% tax-deductible donation today, please visit revolutionchurch.com slash donate. You can also learn more by clicking the donate section on the website. All right, everybody, welcome to Revolution. <laughs> Good to see all of you here. Um, I guess it's the warm weather. People are out having a good time. Um, well, today's going to be kind of a quick one anyway, so don't worry about being too bored because this is my kind of my least favorite section of Galatians. I'm not going to lie. It's just a little bit long and a lot of history. So uh, we'll deal with that. I'm... Um, I start mediation this week, my marriage, and that's tough, but I'm keeping you guys posted because I know there's a lot of other people who go through this stuff, and I'm not alone, and you're not alone either. So uh, thoughts and prayers are appreciated, and words of advice are appreciated well, too. Um, it's tough stuff to get through. All right, let's get into Galatians. So Paul's been talking about, we just got out of like the killer verse, the really great verse where it was like, there's no longer Jew or Gentile, slave or free, male or female, for you are all one in Christ. You are all uh, one in Christ Jesus. So getting rid of, you know, no gender roles, no hierarchy, no nothing, wiping that all away, and that's really powerful. I mean, that's hugely powerful in one of my favorite sections of the Bible not just Galatians, but the Bible as a whole. Um, uh, then we jump into 4, where Paul uh, wants to discuss to, with the Galatians a little bit more about what grace is and uh, kind of uh, put it in a more of a historical understanding for them. Um, it says, Think of it this way. If a father dies and leaves a great wealth for his young children, those children are not much better off than slaves until they grow up, even though they actually own everything their father had. They have to obey the guardians until they reach whatever age their father is set. So he's kind of explaining this to how the law was set up. And that's the way it was with us before Christ came. We were slaves to the spiritual powers of this world. But when the right time came, God sent his son born of a woman... Subject to the law, God sent him to buy freedom for us who are slaves to the law so that we could be adopted as his very own children. And because you Gentiles have become his children, which is a shocking thing for all these people at the time, and that's why there's such a mess going on because the people want the Gentiles to be circumcised and obey certain holidays. And because you Gentiles have become his children, God has set sent the spirit of his son into your hearts. And now you can call God your dear father. Now you are no longer slaves, but God's own children. And since you are his children, everything he has belongs to you. It's pretty amazing to think everything God has belongs to you. Um, And kind of thinking about what God has. And if, if, if about John, the book, first John, I think it is where it talks about God as love. 
you know, we have all that love and all that compassion and all that grace and all that forgiveness. Um, that seems a pretty powerful thing to carry with you if you look at it that way. Um, before you Gentiles knew God, you were slaves of so-called gods that do not even exist. And now that you have found God, or should I say now that God has found you, why do you want to go back again and become slaves once more to the weak and useless spiritual powers of the world? It's like that verse, a dog returns to its vomit. Pretty gross. Um, but we get caught up in things and we get we like to be slaves. We like to be stuck in a certain way. And I've realized the past few years of my life, I haven't been living completely the way I'm called to live as a pastor or as, you know, a person. And I think it's the same thing's been going on with my wife. And she's been struggling with that too. And we've both not been the people who we were supposed to be. Um, and we've gone, we went, we've kind of become slaves. We've gone back to a way. And I kind of, you know, part of me wants to go back because I'm hurt and I'm full of pain and sorrow and I'm mourning something that maybe I even never had, you know, that I want to go back to. And I woke up this morning bawling, just crying, you know. But I also know that I was in a life of mutual resentment. And sometimes that's how I can see the law, is we just, we, it was comfortable, it kept us safe, it kept you protected. I liked it better when I was a little bit more legalistic, because I was sure, I was sure. I could point it in the scripture and show you where it was at, and I knew that God was there, and I didn't have to worry about it, and I didn't go like, what if I'm wrong? What if I have to live in this doubt? You know, I didn't have to worry about that, you know? Um... I had unshakable faith. But then that's where that Paul Tillich says that doubt is not the opposite of faith, but it's a, um, it's a part of faith. And uh, so I've had to really grasp and struggle and, and fight with that and accept that now. But I surely would like to go back to those useless powers of being sure that I'm sure, know that I know that I know that I know, you know. Um, I was talking to my dad, and he's like, I just believe the Bible. <laughs> and I'm like, Dad, that's what every theologian and philosopher and pastor and denomination say. And they all believe it in a different way. You know, how is that, you know, weird? Anyway, it says, you are trying to find favor with God by what you do or don't do on certain days or months or seasons or years. I fear for you. I'm afraid that all my hard work for you was worth nothing. Dear brothers and sisters, I plead with you to live as I do in freedom from these things. For I have come like you Gentiles were, free from the law. So don't get tied up into that yoke again. Don't rely on certainty. You know, I mean, it's nice. Gosh, certainty, it feels really good. But if you really study the Bible, you study how it was put together, you study the word, you know it's not there. And so I'm going to say that the law 
now is certainty, I think. At least in today's sermon it is. So if I'm free from that. Remember that when I was sick, when I first brought you the good news of Christ, but even though my sickness was revolting to you, you did not reject me and turn me away. No, you took me in and cared for me as though I were an angel from God or even Christ Jesus himself. Where is that joyful spirit we felt together then? So he wants to know where is that grace in those days. I know you would gladly have taken your own eyes and given them to me had you been possible. Have I now become your enemy because I am telling you the truth? And that happens to a lot of people when we get challenged with the truth or we hear things we don't like. You know, recently I had a friend of mine tell me something that I was doing in the separation. And he said, you're the one in the wrong here. And this is why. And I was just like, you know and what I wanted them to say is like oh man she's so bad and you're right and you know you yeah dude you got it all together you know and it wasn't that wasn't the truth now I did have another friend who was that way and it felt really good and it felt comforting but then my other buddy said no really you've the one who who was in the wrong here and I go oh I didn't want to hear that I don't want to hear that truth. And so have I become your enemy because I'm telling you the truth? Today I'm going to work with someone to help me work on mediation because I've never been to mediation before, so I'm meeting with someone who's going to help me and show me what it's all about. And so far the advice I've gotten from them is, you know, you've got to be cold, you've got to be, you know, I don't like it. I don't like the, the truth of it. I'm a, I want to be a romantic, sad puppy. That's what I am. I want to be that, you know. But the truth is, is that's not what right now I have to worry about two little kids, you know. I got to be a good dad, and I got to be responsible. So the sad little puppy who's also a little bit angry and wants to nip can't right now. It's tough. Obviously, I'm a pastor who teaches from his own experiences. And to be honest with you, had, had I not had this been in this place right now, this sermon would even be more boring because this is, for me, the hardest part of Galatians to get through. <laughs> Those false teachers who are so anxious to win your favor are not doing it for your good. They are trying to shut you off from me so that you will pay more attention to them. Now it is wonderful that you are eager to do good, and especially when I'm not with you. But oh, my dear children, I feel as if I'm going through labor pains for you again, and that you will continue until Christ fully developed in your lives. How I wish I were there with you right now so that I could be more gentle with you, but at this distance, I frankly don't know what else to do. And it's like looking at Christians who are Trump supporters and going like, what are you doing? How are you supporting this man? How are you how are you how are these your politics? How could we treat others this way? You know, how do we do that? You know, 
and and so at this distance, I can't be gentle and say, "Wake up." You know, I, I, if I was there, you know, but that's why I also talk about loving and having intimate relationships and I talk about my relationship with my dad and having conversations and allowing love to be there because there's that moment of where we are able to connect. But then there's moments where we have to just speak up loudly and that's usually on social media or things like that or in sermons like this where we have to speak out on behalf of unju- people who are being treated unjustly because it, 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 it's painful it pains pains us to see the gospel become uh, perverted and turned into a nasty, racist, greedy thing. Listen to me, you who want to live under the law. Do you know what the law really says? The scripture says that Abraham had two sons, one from his slave wife and one from his freeborn wife. Pretty crazy. (laughs) The son of the slave wife was born in human attempt to bring about fulfillment of God's promise. But the son of the freeborn wife was born as God's own fulfillment of his promise. And these two women serve as an illustration of God's two covenants. Hagar, the slave's wife, represents Mount Sinai, where people first became enslaved to the law. And now Jerusalem is just like Mount Sinai in Arabia, because she and her children live in slavery. But Sarah, the free woman, represents the heavenly Jerusalem, and she is our mother. That is what Isaiah meant when he prophesied, Rejoice, O children, Rejoice, O childless childless woman. Break forth into loud, joyful songs, even though you never give birth to a child. For the woman who could bear no children now has more than all other women. Talking about free children, talking about the promise of, uh, of being free. And your dear brothers and sisters are children of this promise, just like Isaac who were born of the Holy Spirit and persecuted by those who want us to keep us under the law. Just as Isaac, the child of promise, was persecuted by Ishmael, the son of slave wife. The slave wife. So, I mean, we're going to be persecuted by those who are certainly people, Bible thumpers, guardians of the grace, um, you know, hall monitors, um, bibolaters, you know, um, it's going to happen, and uh, how do we react to that? But it's still, this still is very relevant today to everything that we're dealing with. It's just the subjects are just slightly different. But what do the scriptures say about that? Get rid of the slave and her son, and the son of the slave woman will not share in the family's inheritance with her free woman's son. Ugh, that's a little harsh. So, dear brothers and sisters, we are not children of the slave women obligated to the law. We are children of the free woman accepted to God because of our faith. And hopefully Paul means that everybody is accepted. But he's having an issue with people who are legalistic. And he's rebuking them. And he's talking, confronting them. And that's kind of what you do with people who are legalistic. Um. I don't think it's an eternity thing. 
But I think it's a now thing of dealing with stuff, you know. So, I don't know who any conservative pastors are today. I would use an example, but I don't even have any examples because I'm so out of touch with what's going on out there, which is probably a good thing in a way. Um, so, yeah, that's today's talk. Um, I think uh appreciate you guys coming out. Um, I'm still apartment hunting, which is a joy. Why does every apartment's hallway smell like curry? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I didn't know people were so so fantastically excited about curry. Um, but uh, but looking for looking for a place to live still. So hopefully I'll find a place this week. And uh, we continue to grow and move forward, do more. We're, we, this ministry is uh, changing some things around, and, you know, hopefully we'll, we'll do more and have more folks in here and even have me preaching less and having more different views and opinions being talked about. So, yeah, I'm going to pray for that. Real quick. Lord, I thank you for this time together. I thank you for your grace and mercy. And uh, just put the future of this this thing in your hands. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, thanks a lot, everybody. If you want to donate to Revolution, you can go to the Revolution Facebook and donate online. Um, or you can go to our Tumblr account as well. Hopefully we'll have a website up soon. Um, if anybody's out there who's listening to this, who specializes in websites, wants to contact us, we don't have much money, but uh, maybe we can get a little bit to, to put one up. All right, thank you so much. Have a great week.